0: We're going to be looking at the doctrine of the fall of man, which in theology would fall under the heading of anthropology, or the study of man. Now, the story of the fall of man is taught by many religions other than Christianity, but nowhere except in the Bible is it presented in such a detailed, doctrinal way. Other stories about the fall of man uh, are passed on by other religions, uh, but they are distorted from the biblical account. They do not recognize the awful fact that something has gone wrong in man's history. Man is not progressing upward. Uh, evolution, as taught, uh, creates problems. It does not solve them. If Genesis is false, how, how do you account for the moral depravity and sinfulness of man? Uh, evolution creates more problems for people then, it solves. For if you discount the creation narrative, how do you account for the moral depravity and the sinfulness of man? As we're talking about the fall of man, we're going to be reading the first verses of Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God hath known that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when a woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired, to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, and the woman said the serpent beguiled me and I did eat Genesis chapter 3 gives us a full account of the most awful tragedy in the history of man it is history and not a fable it's not a fairy tale it is actual world history the account here in Genesis chapter 3 does not tell the story of the advent of sin into the universe because satan had already sinned and been cast out of the third heaven according to Ezekiel chapter 28 verses 12 to 15 and Isaiah 14 verses 12 to 15 but this Bible account tells how sin entered the human race and turned you into what you are some people look upon the story as an allegory some look upon it as a myth we look upon the account Of Adam and Eve the account of the fall of man in Genesis chapter 3 as scientific truth and we accept it Literally we accept the curses as certainly being literal for they are perfectly in evidence about us all around us every day There are weeds all around us Uh, We sweat we make a living we, we do things by the sweat of our brow We have we have a demonstrable fact that the scientific account of Genesis chapters 1 to 3 is right in front of us. That this account is right. That this account is 100% accurate. And these evolutionary scientists have all gotten it wrong. Uh, Satan operates in Genesis chapter 3 through the serpent. It is a remarkable fact that serpents have been and still are feared by man. Man is afraid of snakes, at least. I think most intelligent men are afraid of snakes. I'm afraid of snakes. Uh, if you're not afraid of a snake, I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit concerned about you. I don't know if i trust you if you're not afraid of snakes. Uh, but, but men are still afraid of snakes. Now notice the pronoun he is used in Genesis chapter 3 of Satan. The snake would have been an it. So we have here a case of Satan operating through an animal. Satan operated through the snake, or the serpent. Satan didn't appear in his own person. He appeared as the serpent. Satan made the attack when Adam and Eve were apart. He didn't attack them when they were together. He attacked Adam and Eve when they were apart. He attacked the weaker vessel. And he did it when she was near the forbidden place. She was near the temptation when he attacked her. Satan presented the temptation through legal appetites, through legal inclinations, through the, the legal and, and authentic and, and right desires that, that they Adam and Eve would have for food and for knowledge. There's nothing wrong with the appetites. They had nothing wrong with a desire for food, nothing wrong with a desire for knowledge. He attacked. He presented the temptation through legal appetites. The first temptation to do wrong was over an object about which everything Was right there was one thing wrong though with what Eve was tempted to do there was an ultimate infallible authority that forbade it that told her not to do it Uh, Satan tempted her through a legal appetite uh, and there's nothing wrong uh, with what Eve was tempted to do as, as far as the eating of it goes except except that there was an ultimate infallible authority that forbade her to eat of it. God said not to. When the devil shows up, he says, Yea, hath God said, The first attack in the universe by the prince of the power of the air and darkness is an attack on what God said. Is an attack on God's word. The first attack Satan levied, the first attack in the universe by the prince of power against mankind was an attack on what God said, was an attack against the word of God. Yea, hath God said, Satan began his attack by casting doubt upon the word of God. He told Eve that the tree would cause her to know good and evil, but failed to tell her that she would lose the power to do good. Jesus Christ is called the image of God in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. And Adam is said to be made in the image of God, Genesis 1, this means when Adam was made, he was made out of the ground. He was made like Christ. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Genesis 216 17 Looking at the account as it stands, the woman was very close to the tree. She should have fled from the place of temptation, But she was hanging around the temptation. She hadn't given in yet. She hadn't sinned yet. But she was just hanging around close to temptation. She was standing and admiring the beauty of this temptation. Uh, She was admiring the beauty of this tree because, after all, it was good for food and for wisdom. And it was pleasant to the eyes. That is, the most subtle temptations have nothing to do with committing gross sins like fornication. The devil, remember, he's subtle. He, he likes to tempt us subtly, then draw us into the, the more heinous and grosser sins, and, as we progress in that direction, but it all starts off looking pleasant to the eyes. It, it's good for food, and you know I, I'm only close to it. I'm not doing. I'm not doing that actual sin. Uh, Eve it seems like Eve talked with the devil. She she discussed things with the devil. She listened to him, which she had no business doing. Uh, never converse or argue. With Satan, except to quote scripture to him. The Bible says, resist the devil, James 4 7, and she didn't resist the devil. Uh, If you want to notice, Eve tampered with the word of God. Uh, She took the word freely from the original command. If you will check the commandment in Genesis 2 16 to 17 and compare it with the command that she quotes in Genesis 3 2 to 3, you'll find Eve lying by subtracting from the word of God. Genesis 2 16 to 17 says and the lord god commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die and then now genesis 3 2 to 3 and the woman said unto the serpent we may eat of the tree we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden god has said Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Eve left out a few key words, not just the word freely. She left out the word all. She left out every. She left out freely. Eve subtracted from what God said. So Eve, Eve uh, was lying by subtracting from the word of God. Now the first sin recorded in the Bible is omitting words from the word of God. I want you to take note of that. The first sin that is recorded in the Bible is omitting words from the Word of God. Eve subtracted from what God said. She emphasized her own restriction rather than her great freedom that she had. Uh, she subtracted from the Word of God. Later she added to it, but initially she subtracted from the Word of God. Down in verse 4, excuse me, verse 3 of Genesis chapter 3, she added, Neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. God said, Every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Genesis 216 17 Eve added, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it. So she, not only did she subtract from the word of God, she then added to the word of God. So the first sins... Recorded in the Bible are the sins of subtracting from and adding to the Word of God, twisting God's Word to mean something it doesn't mean. She added, Neither shall ye touch it. Then she said that the Lord said, Lest ye die. The Lord did not say, Lest ye die. The Lord said, Thou shalt surely die. So she subtracted from the Word of God, sin number one. Sin number two, she added to the Word of God. Sin number three, she misrepresented, misquoted, or twisted the Word of God. Sins 1, 2, and 3 all, have, all happen and all concern the Word of God. Now, some things we can learn from the account of Adam and Eve, how they reacted to things after they sinned. They didn't want God to see them. So I can, that can be related to my children. Uh, little children, well, sometimes they will run and hide because they don't want to get caught from something they've done. Uh, you notice Adam and Eve blamed each other here in Genesis chapter 3. We know that children, when they get caught, or, or people, when they get caught, tend to blame someone else. They, they don't want to get into that trouble. They, they pass the buck. They, they blame someone else. And also, when people first enter the world, like Adam and Eve, when they first came on the planet, until they knew sin, they were not ashamed to be naked. Well, little children, babies, when they're born, they, they're, they don't know to be ashamed to be naked. They don't know that. So that's learned from sin. Uh, that's another uh, consequence of the sin, shame. Consequence of sin is you want to run and hide because you're ashamed of your sin. You want to pass the buck You want to blame others because you're ashamed of the sin. You want to cover up because you're ashamed of the sin. You notice Eve looked at the tree. She saw that it was good for food. It it was a positive thing. It had some positive things. It was pleasant to the eyes. That was a positive. It was good for food. That was a positive. It was good to make one wise. That that was a positive. So she ignored what God said. After all, what's wrong with something that's good for food? Something that has all these positive things to it. What's wrong with that? What is wrong with something that is pleasant to the eyes? Nothing, nothing is wrong with all those positives. The things has all those positives, except that God said not to. God said, don't do it. God said, don't partake of it. She went against what God said. Then Adam followed her and went against what God said. And then they condemned the whole human race by their actions. Eve did what God told her not to do. Genesis 3.6 And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Eve ate and her husband ate. According to 1 Timothy, her husband knew that he would die if he ate. So he ate to die with her, because he loved her enough to die for her. You're asking, uh, where do you find that? Where do you get that? Where is that in the Bible? First well, Timothy chapter 2 and Ephesians chapter 5 uh, talk of that. First uh, Timothy 2, 13-14 says, For Adam was first formed, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. So Adam was not deceived. He knew what he was doing when he partook of that, that forbidden fruit. It says Eve was deceived. Adam was not deceived. Uh, and then ephesians chapter 5 verse 25 and this 31 to 32 says loved the church Uh, and this is where christ it's talking about christ loved the church and gave himself for it for this cause shall man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife and they too shall be one flesh this is a great mystery but i speak concerning christ and the church christ's relationship to the body. Of saved people is as the relationship of Adam to his wife Eve again 1st Timothy 2 13 to 14 for Adam was first formed then Eve and Adam was not deceived but one being deceived was in the transgression so why would Adam eat of it if he was not deceived except that he knew his wife Eve would die he chose he wanted to die with her he wanted he didn't want her to go through that alone he loved her that much and then, speaking of Christ loving the church, Ephesians chapter 5 says, Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. For this cause shall man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery by speak concerning Christ and the church. Christ's relationship to the body of saved people is as a relationship of Adam to his wife. Uh, Eve is part of his body. She is bone of his bones and flesh of his flesh, according to Genesis chapter 2. In verse 23, they ate, and when they ate, Eve ate first. She showed Adam what she had done, and he ate as well. He ate with knowledge, for as she was deceived. And that is a clear testimony of the New Testament. Adam did what he did voluntarily. He did what he did with forethought, uh, with knowledge ahead of time, as to what would happen. Adam knew when he took of that fruit that he would die. And die he did. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, Romans chapter five, verse 12 and 14. In Romans 5:19 says, "For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. There it is: sin came into this world through Adam. He was the head of the race. He had the seed. It couldn't have entered this world through Eve. It had to enter this world through Adam. Eve could not reproduce without the man, so sin is inherited through the man, through Adam. We get our sin natures from our fathers. Uh, The Bible said in 1 Corinthians 11, verses 8-9, to uh, "...for the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man." Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. So the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. That's the key thought in that verse. Uh, the man, the woman is of the man. We, uh, sin nature is from the man. Uh, the, the woman cannot recreate without the man. So for the man is not of the woman, but the woman is of the man. And so our sin nature is of the man. The sin nature is from our father. And eventually, all the way back to our father, Adam, is where we get our sin nature. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 19, verse 4, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And then Mark 13:9, For in those days shall be affliction, such as was not from the beginning of the creation which God created, until this time neither shall be. According to Jesus Christ, the beginning is Genesis chapters 1 to 3. That is the beginning. In the beginning, God created. Man did not evolve. God created man. When God created man and woman, uh, he created them man and woman. He did not create something that evolved into man and woman. He created them man and woman while we're on the subject. He created them male and female. He created two genders. He created two sexes, male and female. God created again. Going back to what I mentioned earlier about evolution. If you get rid of evolution, you cause all sorts of problems. Evolution causes many more problems than it solves for for the humanistic, uh, scientific brain. It, uh, evolution just creates more issues. Where did this sin nature come from? Uh, where did the depravity of man come from? Uh, we know what it came from. It came from sin. It came from that first sin committed in Genesis chapter 3. Sin is the cause of it. And if you try to substitute uh, evolution in place of creation, then where did the depravity come from? Where, where did it come from? It creates problems. Uh, so, evate... She gave to her husband. He ate because he loved her enough to die for her. Isn't that remarkable? That's a remarkable thought. Eve ate. She gave to her husband. He knew. He had forethought, foreknowledge that this would cause Eve to die. And if he ate of it, it would cause him to die. And he ate because he loved her enough to die for her. It's remarkable. It's also a beautiful picture of Christ. Christ voluntarily gave up his life because he loved the church. He loved the world enough to die for her. Uh, When we accept the Genesis account of creation in Genesis chapters 1 to 3 as the exact account, we are on grounds that are substantial and demonstrable by empirical methods. Uh, Better than any scientist in the world can these empirical empirical methods that demonstrate the truthfulness of Genesis chapter 1 to 3 is is better than any so-called scientific evidence of evolution. When we believe the Genesis account of creation and the entrance of sin into the human life, we are dealing with a set of facts that then explains degeneration, explains old age, explains death, explains disease, explains the depravity of man, explains man's work habits. It explains it all. We have a reason for it, we have an explanation for it. But if you get rid of the creation account, Where did it all come from? Why did it all happen? The account of creation and the account of the fall of man in Genesis chapters 1 to 3 explain all that for us, explain the entrance of sin, the entrance of depravity, the entrance of degeneration, uh, old age, death, disease, all that is explained by the creation account and the account of the fall of man in Genesis chapters 1 to 3. Now Adam and Eve became sinners as a result of partaking of that fruit. Eve became a sinner prior to that. But Adam and Eve both became sinners at that, at that moment, at that encounter. Uh, their spirits died. When Adam and Eve became sinners, their spirits died. The Lord said, In the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Genesis 2.17 That wasn't thou shalt eventually die. He meant what he said, In the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Genesis 2.17 In the day they ate thereof, they died. Their spirits died. In the Bible, when Adam and Eve partake of the fruit, they die right on the spot. And that is why the Bible says, you must be born again, John 3, 7, because you are dead. You are dead now. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 5, 6, but she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. Christ said, let the dead bury their dead, Luke 9:60). Uh, he already said they're dead. He said, let the dead bury their dead. Their spirit is dead. Uh, they have to be born again. That which is born of the Spirit is, is spirit, John 3, 6. The Bible tells us we are dead in our trespasses and sins. So the day Adam and Eve ate thereof, the day they sinned, they literally died. Their spirits died. Uh, that necessarily God wasn't necessarily saying, you're going to eventually die of old age. In the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die, Genesis two seventeen. He meant that, and the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die, your spirits will die. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons, Genesis 3, 7. And they went and hid from the presence of God. In essence, they put on their own self-righteousness to cover their sinfulness. They went and made those aprons. In essence, you could say they put on their own self-righteousness. They covered or they tried to cover their sins themselves. Uh, The curses that were pronounced upon the serpent still hold true today. Those curses that were pronounced in Genesis chapter 3 still hold true today. And in regards to the woman and her husband, uh, those curses still hold true today. We're going to look at Genesis chapter 3. Uh, We're going to pick that up in verse 14. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, Thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. We have that future, talking about that future conquering redeemer prophesied there in verse 15. Unto the woman, he said, starting in verse 16, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. See, there is that knowledge, Adam knew, Accursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also, and thistles, shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam also, unto his wife, did the Lord make coats of skins and clothe them. So they have that curse. What God said in Genesis chapter 3 is scientifically true for anybody, anywhere. The ground was cursed for man, thorns and thistles. Uh, his life, man's life, would be one of sorrow, which it still is. He would make his living by perspiration, by the sweat of his brow, until his days are fulfilled and he, and he dies and he goes back to the dust from which he was created. What God said in Genesis chapter 3 is scientifically true. It's scientifically proven. There has not been one advancement in science, scientific discovery or study that has disproved any of those curses. They are scientifically true. The ground is still cursed, and that is why you die from the food you eat from it. There is something wrong with the ground. It's cursed. And everything you eat comes from the ground. Uh, There is nothing you can put in your mouth that does not come from the ground. Uh, When God said what he said in Genesis chapter 3, he laid down the absolute, infallible, scientific, dogmatic statement Uh, What God said in Genesis chapter 3, 14 and 19 has never been changed, has never been nullified, has never been revised, has never been altered or improved upon by anybody. Uh, What he said still stands. Those curses are scientifically proven. When God says it, that is it. It's done. So we have the scientific account of the origin of sin and the depravity of man in the universe. It's taken us about 30 minutes to go over it all. We have the scientific account of the origin of man and the only scientific textbook in existence that has never been found without error, and that is the Bible. Uh, We have in this scientific textbook the account of the existence of man, the fall of man, the entrance of sin and disease and depravity into the human race, and the explanation of man's present condition which is desperate need of that savior man was driven from the garden of eden and man has been searching and desiring for eden ever since we have that something in us that knows there's something better or there's there's something that should be better life should be better things should be better could be better we have that ideal every man every woman on the planet has that that ideal thought in their mind that things could be better, things should be better. They have that desire for something better, that desire for a greater existence, a better existence, a more peaceful, happy existence. And man has had that desire since he was banished from the garden, since he was banished from Eden. And all those that are saved, all those that accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, uh, will one day get to re-enter, man will one day re-enter Eden. one day, God will recreate it all, a new heaven, a new earth, and that eternal heaven will be a new Eden. We'll one day get that back. We'll one day get to experience what God meant for Adam and Eve to experience the rest of their life and for their children to experience that, that global, eternal Eden. And one day, man will get to experience that. But until then, we're under the curse. But again Jesus Christ came and he he conquered that. He he paid sins penalty for us.